from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We appreciate you being a part of the broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying life and having yourself a good time here and making the most of it. Hope you had a great weekend and hope that everything went well for you this weekend, that you had some fun, got to hang out with the family or some friends, do something good for yourself. Hopefully you're having yourself a a tremendous morning this morning. And I hope nothing but the best for you this week. So hopefully all is well and all is good in your neck of the woods. And we thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast and being a part of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Always appreciate having you here on the show this morning. We're going to get into a ton of stuff in the football world and have some fun with it. We're going to have a lot of a lot of great conversation this morning, uh, filled with some, you know, with uh, with a tremendous person that'll be on the show with us in just a little bit. A very good friend of mine, so he'll be joining the broadcast in in just a few moments. Very excited to have him onto the show. So we'll get to that in just a second here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and we're also going on to Facebook Live this morning. So thank you so much for being a part of the show, and we want to uh, thank Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos, where we officially do our show inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find Charney's on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York, and uh, definitely centrally located to so many different places, so definitely make sure you go out and see that, and we have Rob Drummond that'll be on the line with us momentarily. So we thank you for being a part of the show today. And once again, hope you had a great weekend and got to spend some time with some good people. Surround yourself with the good folks. Life is way too short to surround yourself with anything that is not good and wholesome and positive. And, you know, you got to live life to the fullest. So with that being said, the first hour of today's show is going to be spent on Syracuse football. And I'm very excited to have Rob Drummond on the broadcast. So Rob will be coming up, like I said, in just a moment here to speak with us on Syracuse's football team as he is an alum of the late 80s football team and the undefeated team that was in a great, great, great piece of our history back in 1987 and uh, last time that Syracuse went undefeated. So uh, a great opportunity uh, for, for Rob and for that entire team to be able to celebrate that, and we celebrate them every single year. On this show, we celebrate them, and, and we hope that you do too. So without further ado, let's let's bring them on to the broadcast here as we are here with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash live now DT, as well as on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. Rob Drummond is with us. Mr. Drummond, how we doing? Yeah, good morning. I'm doing well. And, and Rob, you know, uh, first and foremost, 
How was the weekend? What'd you get to do? I finally got to see the dogs because I went out to the uh, picnic, but how's life going? Uh, it's going good, you know. I have, I have no complaints, you know. I had a chance to go down to Albany this weekend, you know, and uh, and uh, watch uh, Allegheny play RPI. As you know, uh, Jared Shaw and Kyle McGee, who are like sons of me, both play for Allegheny. And I was down there, and I was able to get a chance to see them play, you know. And, and it, it was good to get out and to see them play. I've coached them both since Pop Warner, you know. They're like sons to me on top of my own children. So it's always good to go see other organizations and other other, other teams play because it makes you just understand football from different perspectives, you know, across the country. And, you know, what can you say about the experience of going out there and, and getting to see them? Like you said, other sons to you. What was the experience like? Um, it was pretty cool, man. Just, I'd seen Allegheny play before last year, but I never got a chance to see RPI and. I guess RPI is a uh, Division Three football is ranked third nationally, and they, they're a pretty impressive team. I was I was highly impressed, and uh, the, the old coordinator from for, uh, for RPI, which uh, they blew uh, Allegheny out, you know, did a, did a great job. A lot of mistakes in the game, Granted, You know, it's the first game of the season, and that's going to happen. But you know, that team's uh, going to go far this year. Speaking here with Rob Drummond of Syracuse Orange football history, and uh, and obviously uh, more importantly, a great friend of mine and someone who I who I appreciate very much so in this in this crazy world that that we live in. So, uh, Rob, you and I got to obviously see Syracuse, uh, and, and many people got to see Syracuse and, and the the debacle over the weekend against Maryland, a sixty-three to twenty loss on the road. What were your thoughts watching the game? I mean, this is a team that's that's obviously got a lot of publicity, ranked in the top 25, talked about throughout the offseason and what they could be and, and what they're going to do and, and this, that, and the other. And then we see them lose by 43 points on the road to Mike Loxley, who used to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Thoughts on the game? I mean, I just – I thought going into the season this year that the, the overhype for Syracuse was, wasn't warranted. Yes, they had a great year, but I told everybody losing Eric Dungy, who was the leader of that team, who was a quarterback of that team, and, you know, and not having you know offensive linemen coming back and the nucleus that could basically put them in a position to do what we did in from, from '87 to '88, you know, was going to be telling for them. You know, I think just way too much was made of Syracuse and what they did in the past. And Coach Mack used to always tell us, you know, it's just like, you know, don't believe what the press keeping clippings say about you. You know, you. You have to go out there as a player, you know, and as a coach, you know, you know, pre- 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 prepare, you know, to, to, to be better than what they're saying about you. You know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, you know, top 20, you know, you know, preseason All-American, you know, should be second in ACC, blah, blah, blah. You know, games aren't played in the media. Games are played on the field, and on the field of battle. When you go out there and give your heart and soul, you know, you, you, you can rest assured, you can prove to yourself that you're as good as you think. Are they really as good as they think? No, they're not. Yeah, and and that's and that's the thing you and I had spoken about, and and that's you know the fact that I told people, listen, I, I know everybody's excited. You're coming off of a ten win season, but you have to remember something. You have to remember that in that ten win season, you had Eric Dungy. In that ten win season, you had an offensive line that had built itself up, that had struggled for years, but finally found its pieces, and you had a linebacker core that had already gone through a wave of losing all its starters, but had veterans behind those guys who were able to step in. 
The linebackers don't have those veterans right now. And, I mean, they have some guys that have been through it, but, you know, guys like Andrew Armstrong who, you know, are seniors on this team and, and Lakeem Williams, these are guys that didn't have a lot of time out there as starters. So they're getting into that. They're getting used to that. They're trying to acclimate with that. On top of that, this offensive line, I mean, it made me shake my head toward the end of fall camp when I was talking with Aaron Service. And Aaron Service had talked, because I said something to him about, you know, are you playing center or what position are you playing? And he said, well, they got us practicing all over the place. They don't really know where anybody fits. Nobody's really taking a spot up. So, you know, we're all kind of playing every position, just kind of seeing what works. And he said that to me right before the season started. And now that we're two games in, They've already shifted people around, Sam Heckle, Aaron Service, you know, Ryan Alexander. So we're seeing an offensive line that went into the season seemingly not knowing who was best where, and they're still trying to figure out while we're in season where everybody fits. And I think that that's going to be a big issue on the team. That's going to be a huge issue. That's, that's, that's not a good you know, uh, quality to have right now. You know, two games, one or three games into the season, you know, with the, the biggest – you know, opponent of your year in looming, you know, and Clemson coming to the dome, and I and I just read today that they're a 20, 27 point favorite, and I'm like, holy smokes, like, wow, you know. But but in the bigger scheme of things, you look at it, the way Syracuse played those first two games and how flat they look, it's warranted. You know, Clemson looked good, Syracuse didn't look so good, and in, in both their games, you know, they've got a lot to learn and a lot to learn fast. You know, I I get it. <laughs> We've been so bad for so long that the first sign of winning. People just, you know, it was like a wave. You know, they got, they got caught up. But we're not a good team right now. We're going to be a lot better and get better. But right now, we have to go out there and do the hard work and do the due diligence to be able to go out there and say we're a nationally ranked team. Stop worrying about being a nationally ranked team. We just take it one game at a time and just go out there and perform the best you possibly can as an athlete. They haven't done that the last two weeks. They've got to put it together. Hopefully, they can do it this week. You know, we'll see. And, you know, that's the thing. And, and as you see us here in the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios and listen on MixLR.com backslash DT while you're watching on Facebook Live, Facebook.com backslash live. Now, DT, we have our topic segment here, a topic column, our What's Poppin', proudly brought to you by Ma and Pa's Kettle Corn. So we have Rob Drummond that we're talking to now. We'll get into our show. You see that Wake Up Call logo with the Wildcat. And in the second hour of the show, we'll get into the NFL and, and week one. So, you know, Rob, as we continue with this, you know, they, that's that's the part that kind of shocked me. And like you said, the, the city feels winning for the first time in seemingly forever. And so you just kind of jump on it and you say to yourself, okay, well, now we're going to win every game because we're going to do this. And, you know, it, it's going to take time. You know, Tommy DeVito, this is his first time starting as the outright guy. It's not his first time starting knowing that, that Eric Dungy's just injured and he's going to come back. So Tommy DeVito's trying to find his legs. This offensive line has to protect him. And on top of all of that, we're sitting in a position right now where, like I said, the linebacker core, the offensive line, and the quarterback situation are all question marks going into the season. Fans see 10 wins and they go, well, we're going to get at least 10 this season. But there's change. There's ebb and flow. There's things that happen. And so, you know, with that being said, we've spoken about this offensive line and the fact that they don't, they still really seemingly don't know who fits best where. What are your thoughts on, on Tommy DeVito? Because this man's going to catch a lot of slack. He's going to, he, or a lot of flack for this. He's going to be put on the hot seat 
for whatever reason, it always falls on the shoulders of the head coach and the quarterback. So what are your thoughts on Tommy DeVito? Because he's hearing it from the fans right now, and two weeks ago, everybody thought he was a god. So what are your thoughts? I mean, very, very talented young man, but he's got a lot to learn. You know, unfortunately for quarterbacks, you know, there's a reason why quarterbacks are the highest paid, you know, in the NFL, in the highest, uh, you know, positions, you know, or the highest sports you can possibly play for the game of football. It's because everything falls on them. If you win, they get all the accolades. If you lose, they get all the accolades, you know. So a quarterback is a tough position to be in because they're considered the team leader. That's why I said Syracuse is going to struggle when Eric Dungey left, not because just because Eric Dungey had the ability to go out there and be a game breaker and, you know, and playmaker. But Eric Dungey was a leader on that field. You know, if, if things broke down, Eric Dungey didn't panic and throw an interception you know, or throw the ball into the ground. Eric, Eric Dungey would take off you know, and run for an amazing first down or do something to excite his team and have them all rally around him. Tommy DeVito is trying to find that out right now and trying to find his niche and his place in his Syracuse, his Syracuse offense. Yes, he is a very, very good quarterback. And when Eric was there to, you know, to, to, to quell him you know, last year, he had somebody he could rely on. Now all the onus is, is you know, completely fell out on, on him. He's the number one guy, and that's a lot of pressure on a young man. I think he's going to do just fine, but for right now, you got to take your lumps before you can ever learn how to be super successful. And when we look at that, speaking here with Rob Drummond, Syracuse Orange football alum this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse. Rob, what's what's your advice to Tommy? I know you just spoke on some things here. You know that that he's learning, and Eric Dungey was a leader. And 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 what's the advice to to Tommy? What do you say to Tommy? I mean, he's he's obviously talented. He obviously has something to offer this team. You know, nationally, he was a part of the Elite Eleven. So you know, there was national belief that you know his his ability at quarterback should be showcased. But this is a guy who is a first-time outright starter, and that always takes time. I mean, people forget that Peyton Manning threw a mega amount of interceptions and won one game as a rookie, you know, and that Ryan Leaf was drafted so high and believed in, you know, and, and look at what Ryan Leaf did. I mean, anything can happen when you step into that role of being the guy, and it takes time. You know, Lamar Jackson, for God's sakes, you know, you and I talked about the positives of Lamar Jackson, and you like what Lamar's done. I like what Lamar's done. You believe in Lamar. I believe in Lamar. The whole country's laughing in his face. And then this morning, everybody's the biggest fan of Lamar Jackson. So what what's your advice to Tommy DeVito in dealing with the fact that he's stepping into a new role, and albeit that he's been a quarterback on this team for a couple years, and that he's been on the field here and there, this is the first time where he's asked to be the outright leader. You know, I, I, I'd honestly tell Tommy DeVito, you know, to, to not really overthink it. You know, stop, stop worrying about what they write about you in the paper. Stop worrying about what the fans are saying about you. All you have to do is just, you know, and, it, and it's not cockiness or conceitedness. Just go every morning you wake up, take a look in the mirror, and be proud of that person you are. Be proud of that person that played top four in football and understand why you played the game. You know, there's several reasons you can play the game of football. If the love of the game is not one, you're never going to be successful. Because you're always fighting to try and accomplish something else that appease, appeases others. As long as you appease yourself and as long as you go out, know you go out there and do, do your best, the rest will take care of itself. How many of you just need to go out there and just be a natural leader? Stop forcing things. Stop trying to do things, you know, to, 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 to get cheers and to get people to like you. You're not going to get everybody to like you, you know. 
even here at Syracuse, as much as I did for this university, as hard as I tried and as hard as I worked, there are some people who just didn't like my game, would, would have rather seen Michael Owens in there. I get that. I understand that. I can't help that. All I could ever do was take care of myself and take care of what I did within the, you know, within the realm of being able to play within my teammates. I never worried about what happened, you know. If I made a mistake, I'm, I'm a human being. I can correct it. Everything Tommy DeVito did in the last two games can be corrected. You know, they're just mistakes. We're all, no one's perfect. Only God's perfect. So just go out there and correct your mistakes. Try and limit them. Stop trying to be a superstar. Just go out there and be a star within your own right. When you watch him play, Rob, do you feel, I mean, obviously we're not inside of his brain, but do you get a sense of, you know, since you played the sport and you've been there and, and done that, do you feel that, that maybe the way he's playing, maybe he's forcing, maybe he's trying so hard to to live up to what Eric was or, or trying to, you know, live up to what people are saying about him? Do you see him forcing it out there, almost trying to make it happen instead of just playing fluidly? 1,000%. He's forcing right now, and he doesn't have to. He's a very, very talented young man. Right now he's trying to take his, his ability to the game instead of letting the game come to him. Just, just stay relaxed. Just you know, you know. We, we, Coach Mack would always teach us: if you get to the point where you start getting nervous, and you start getting unsure of what you do or what you're doing, go back to basics. Tommy Savito, you know, just just dump it off to the backside of the backfield, little quick snap routes. You know, run it to the running back. You know, just just get 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 in the habit of doing things that you're comfortable with. Eventually, you'll start. It'll start to open it up, and the things that you've done last year, the things that made you successful, the things that you did when Eric Dungey was here, when you had that security blanket, you know what? You don't have to worry about it anymore because it'll be more natural to you now. Once he gets relaxed, he'll be fine. A very, very talented young quarterback. As you said, he was an elite, elite 11 or elite quarterbacks in the country for a reason. Just go out there and you don't have to play like it, but just in your mind, tell yourself, just be as good as you want to be and stop worrying about all the extracurricular activities going around. Yeah. Again, don't read the paper, don't read the news, don't read Sportswire and things of that nature because people can be cool, but they have no idea what you're going through right now. You're the starting quarterback. University of Oregon. No one else is. Right, and that's the thing is that you know him obviously taking on this role. There's a lot of people that are going to try and tell him what to do and and how to do it. And you got to shut out that noise and obviously have to you know be smart about your game and, and focus in. And a lot of fans were hoping that there was going to be a, a trip for college game day when the season started. I looked at four games in week three: Florida, Kentucky, Florida at Kentucky. Pitt at Penn State, Iowa at Iowa State, and Clemson at Syracuse. Now, the last time that Clemson came to Syracuse, they were undefeated. They were the rain, rain, They were a reigning national champion. They were untouched. Only Alabama had 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 kind of you know made the king bleed, so to speak, and Syracuse was able to get that win. So two years later, it makes sense. The game's a nighttime game. It makes sense to put them out there and put them on game day because that seemed to be the most appealing game. But after Syracuse's 43-point loss on the road to an unranked Maryland team that has not proven itself in recent years, you open up the door to Pitt, Penn State, Florida, Kentucky, Iowa, Iowa State. They're going to Iowa State for this game, and they're going to the rivalry game, Iowa at Iowa State. What are your thoughts on, on college game day, obviously uh, switching gears, and if Syracuse was thought about, not so much anymore, they're going to the Iowa in-state rivalry game. I mean, but, but 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 in retrospect, honestly, do you blame them? Not after I mean, not you, after this week, no. No, you can't. I mean, how can you have a nasty televised game? You know, in college game day, which is the most watched, you know, 
most wise college, you know, sporting event on college on sat on Saturdays, you know, the, the the rivalries and the camaraderie, you know, the whole football aspect of it, you know, the, the analysts sitting there, you know, the, the people would be out in the quad, things of that nature. And you're a twenty seven point underdog. You can't blame college uh, college game day if you're a sports fan. You know, the one thing I do in sports, and I don't care who it, care who it is, I love Syracuse University football. I love Syracuse University basketball. I love the Philadelphia Eagles. But you know what? I'm not such a fan where I don't sit here and tell the truth about what I feel as far as, as, far as sports. They don't deserve to be in college game day after not just the last performance, but the last two weeks of performance. They have not played up to the expectations that everyone built them going into this year. That's why I always say, don't believe the hype. Go out there and prove to people and prove to yourself you're as good as you think. They haven't proven that right yet. And until they've proven that, say, so you know what? You don't have a chance to play in the center stage. Right. You know, and, and that's and that's where things are. I mean, this at the beginning of the season, and again, this is why I tell people all the time, I do my preseason prediction and I do my in-season prediction. Because you do your preseason research and thoughts on the team. And then when you actually get to see them play, I think it's important to reassess it and say, are they doing what, what we thought they were doing? And so, you know, that's that's obviously something that, you know, is important to look at here is what Syracuse could be and what Syracuse is right now. The thing that's really sad that frustrates me, Rob, is that, you know, you're from here, I'm from here. And there's over 9,000 new season ticket holders this year. We got a sellout crowd for Clemson at Syracuse. And the fan base, I asked them to give their thoughts on this past game. And the, the thoughts were, were just negative and hateful. And I, I'm just, I can, I can sense the fan base that if they lose at Clemson, I can sense this so-called fan base just start to shift into when's basketball season? Let's talk about Jim Beheim. I think I'm a Clemson fan now. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the fact that, I mean, this shift is already seeming to happen. Everybody was so excited. Everybody was sold on the season. All these season tickets, keep Dino Babers forever, pay him whatever you need to pay him. And now I'm sitting here looking at a bunch of comments that, that don't seem very kind. Does it, does it really surprise you? How many of them have ever played a college college down of any sport before in their life? So they have no idea. So as a former player, I can honestly say, it's like you said, it is what it is. I don't play for fans. I never did play for fans. It was nice to have the love of my city to have my back when we did well and things of that nature. But I played for me. I played for my teammates. I played for the guys who were out there, you know, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day, you know, practicing, going through the injuries, going through the meetings, you know, going through the workouts, doing everything we had to do. Where a lot of these fair weather fans just sit up there, you know, and drink beer, you know, just sit in their house and never have to put that work in. If you don't put that work in, you have no idea how much it hurts when you when you're not successful. But you know what? You never give up. You keep trying. These young men right now are out there busting their behinds every single day. They've been in training camp since the first, you know, first first weeks of August. You know, working their behinds to get to this point. Are they doing well? No. Do they have a lot to learn? Yes. Are they a younger team just trying to find their identity and find themselves? Yes. But you know what? They're crying. So, I mean, like I said, I'm a, I don't care if they went on 14, five years in a row. I'm still going to love and support my Syracuse University football team because at the end of the day, they will get better. At the end of the day, Syracuse was bad before I got there. We did get better. We got a lot better. Then all those fans came back and cheered. But as I said before, those are fair weather fans. And those are the kind of fans, you know, as players, you really don't want. You know, because you can't be there when everything's going great. Then, you know, 
didn't expect the, you know, you know, just to veil on them when everything is going bad. That's like a marriage. You know, what type of person does that? You know, those are the people you really don't want around you, and those are the people I tended to keep myself away from. You know, and you can tell who your real fans are. You really, the, the ones who are there when everything's not going bad, you know, those, and those are the ones you want to keep around because once it starts getting good, those are the ones you reward. When we, the year we went undefeated, we weren't on national television until we went, we what, the, the last Missouri game. And Coach Mack told us, you know what, if you guys beat Missouri, you'll be 5-0, and you'll have a national television audience, you'll be playing the former national champions, Penn State, and then, you know, at the Carrier Dome. We went out there and took care of our business. And what what happened? The rest is history. We went out there, we beat we beat Penn State, 48, whatever we beat them by, you know. And, and, and you know, it, it was a story that, you know, legends and dreams are made of. You know what? But we had to take care of business as players, and we learned from that. Syracuse will get good again. They will get a lot better. Right now, they're just taking their lumps, and they're going to have to learn how to deal with this adversity, get through it, and find a way to go out there, preserve a season, and win. That coming from Rob Drummond, Syracuse Orange football alum, saying they're learning, they're growing, they will find a way. We're inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios here on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Rob, for you, because you've been through all this, because you've seen all this, like you said, you don't do it for the fans, you know. And I thought about that, you know, I thought about that being in the show, and I'm like, I don't write my show for the fans. You know, I write my show for me because I don't know what these people, you know, I don't know what people are thinking. I don't know what they want. <clears throat> and the thing about the populace is it's fickle sometimes. I mean, you know, and, and one, of, one of the most fickle things that I can mention, and you could probably get a laugh out of this because you and I kind of know this is true, is like most people that have read up about, <clears throat> I shouldn't say most people, but people that read up about Chris Brown and what he does outside of music are like, wow, he's a scumbag. But then a song comes on by Chris Brown and everybody in the club's dancing. So it's like it's that fair weather back and forth of the, you know, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But the reality of it all is Syracuse football players have played in front of 17,000 people in recent history, 30,000 people in recent history, gone on the road and played up against sellout crowds in other places. But, you know, that's the reality is that you can say whatever it is, but I've been in the Dome. You've been in the Dome. We know when there's 10,000 people there. We know when, you know, 90% of people have left by the start of the fourth quarter. So where it stands is fans got to show up and they got to support this team. You know, this is a team of change. And as much as you ride a high and say, okay, they won, this isn't the Golden State Warriors. And, 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 and again, even with Golden State, they don't have Kevin Durant anymore. But it's it's that thought of just because they did. Like the Raptors just won an NBA Finals championship. First one ever in 24 years. They don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore. So you can't turn around and say, well, they're going to win again this year. you know. And for Syracuse, they had Eric Dungey. They had an offensive line that took forever to build. They had veterans... Uh, I mean, they had all they had Zaire Franklin, they had Paris Bennett, they had Jonathan Thomas, who had started forever together in the linebacker core. Then those guys go, and Ryan Guthrie's there, and Kylan Whitner comes over, and they'd been in the program for a while. So now, it's about who's the next man up. It's going to take time on the offensive line. It's going to take time at linebacker. But the problem offensively is that because it takes time on the offensive line and because it takes time at quarterback, you have two positions that directly affect each other that are not in sync yet and they're not fully there yet. 
And it just so happens that your week three matchup is your juggernaut. So here's Syracuse having to play Clemson, the reigning national champion, the number one team in the nation in many people's eyes, whether they're ranked there or not ranked there or whatever it may be. That's the thought process because they spanked Alabama last year. So the reality of it all is Clemson's coming in at a time where Syracuse still seems like they need 20 more practices. And that's going to be an issue. That's going to be a major issue. But as I said before, now one fan has ever, you know, made a block, scored a touchdown, caught a pass, you know, played on the football field. So to sit there and pass judgment on young men who are trying, giving their heart and soul, you know, was coming up short, you know, I, you know, and I can just speak for myself. I laugh at, you know, that's why I never played the game for the fans. I played the game for my family. I played the game for my friends. Even when I had bad games, would still cheer me out because they know the heart and soul I gave into the game. You have no idea what goes on in the mind of those young men when they're out there trying trying their best. And sometimes, they, you know, I mean, granted, I was never booed in the dome. I never really was talked or said anything bad about because I had a successful career. But that's besides the point. It doesn't matter. They're still my brothers in arms. They're still like, you know, my, my family when they're on their football field because no one steps onto a field, you know, to lose a football game. No one steps onto a field to not give 110%. And to not hear... You know, the support, the people you expect is the, uh, suspect to hear support from, you know, that's sad. That's a shame. Even during the Greg Robertson years, I say, you know, I still cheered on my orange men to do the best that they can. I cheer the players to do the best that they can also. I'm a true and true diehard orange fan, and I always support my orange, regardless of whether they win or lose. And to see people just bowed out on them, just lets me know that there are some people out there that have never had success in their life athletically because they have no idea what it takes to be a successful athlete. No, and the thing the thing that people forget too, Rob, is it's one thing to be successful, it's another thing to stay successful. People think, well, I'm just going to work really, really hard, and then I'm going to get to the top of that mountain. But Rob, did everybody forget the fact that once you get to the top of the mountain, there's no helicopter, you still have to climb back down to your car. So, you know, once you reach the precipice, once you reach your goals, once you reach that success you want, it's about sustaining it. You still have to work every single day after you get what you want to get. You go 10 and 3, you got Dino's got to go to work the next day. You know, I, I have a great show. I got to go to work the next day. You train a stellar athlete who gets a D1 offer. You got to go train somebody else the next day. I, but it's hard to explain to people who just sit on the couch, drink a beer, eat, eat chicken wings, and never understand that aspect of the game. Their big thing is I can, I can cheer when they do good. I can, you know, I can boo when they do bad. Yay, it's over for me. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's it's sad, pathetic, but oh well. You know, it, it, it is the way the world is, you know. And, and that's the hard part to really look at with all this. But I do want to switch gears for a second. I want to speak with you on somebody that's uh, that I've had some thoughts on and some opinions because of, you know, we talk about, you know, we talk about the fans, but now, you know, I think it's important to talk about the youth and to talk about the representation that's out there. So Antonio Brown, you and I have spoken about now, you're a proponent for players going out and getting, you know, getting their due, making their money. I want to see guys be successful within reason. I don't want the team to suffer, but I want them to be okay. Antonio Brown does not play a single down for the Oakland Raiders. And I did my checklist. I said, I'm completely baffled by the Antonio Brown situation. Acts like a child. Check. Put I before team. Check. Be noncommittal. Check. Give mixed messages. Check. 
and then get to be on the best team in the nation. And my response to this was, what a way to not teach the world a positive lesson here. What are your thoughts on Antonio Brown, where we were wondering, was it the Steelers? Was it Tomlin? Was it Ben Roethlisberger? Or was it Antonio Brown? He goes to Oakland, does everything he does. So we're like, okay, it really was Antonio. He really is a head case. And then he gets rewarded with a $15 million one-year deal to go be a New England Patriot. How do you respond to this as a guy who fought his behind off to play a team sport in the NFL? But how, how is losing $15 million a reward? That's right. I mean, that's, that's right. he had $30 million guaranteed that the Raiders, the Raiders rescinded when they, when they cut and release him. Then he signs a 15, you know, then he signs a 90, you know, a nine, nine year, or excuse me, $9 million, you know, no signing bonus, you know, a million dollar bonus for making a team, you know, and a five million dollar salary. How is that? And then this thirty million dollars was guaranteed. So you basically just gave about thirty million dollars to, to go possibly have a chance to win a Super Bowl, which you'll get a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So a hundred and fifty thousand dollars plus my I mean like compared to fifteen million dollars, that's not winning. And you, and you didn't and you didn't make yourself, you know, any more likable by what you said. You know, the the bigoted thing you said as you left left the office. You know, or, or, you know, and, and they have on, you know, that they, they have it on tape. It's like, come on, young man, grow up. He's a he's a type of player. That's why the reason I retired from the game. Self-absorbing, self-care about themselves. It's all about them. At some point, if you didn't want to be in the Raiders, just go out, go out there and play your behind off. I mean, like you have thirty million reasons, you know, to to want to set your set your not just yourself, but your family up generationally. Yeah. I mean, as a black man in this country, you know, who, not to get political or anything, but who can sit here and, 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 and talk about slavery from what I read and things of that nature, you know, where black people weren't allowed to be able to have themselves in business in school and that thing to set their families up generationally, generationally from, for years to come. Antonio Brown was being offered the money to set his family up for years to come to be successful, not just in sports, but in life. But you throw it all away because what do you care about? Me, 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 me. I have no respect for an athlete like that. Will he win a Super Bowl with the Patriots this year? Yeah, maybe. You know, who knows? You know, the, the road to the Super Bowl is not, is not, is not paved through New England. You know, look, you know, the the, the, the Giants beat them. You know, the, the, the Eagles beat them. You know, so it, they won 18-0 one time and the Giants beat them. You know, so it takes a lot to win a Super Bowl. So don't etch it in stone that just because they have a selfish player like this on the team, they can go out there and win because there'll come a time, there'll come a situation, there'll come a place where he gets here. And Antonio Brown is who he is. He will come, become unhinged, get upset, whether it be with Brady, whether it be with Belichick, whether it be with any other player on that team. And he will go, you know, bonkers because that's just who he is. Are you surprised, Rob, that after everything that he's done and, and, and all the head cases that he's been and, and, and the, the cryotherapy, and he got frostbite, and then he can't play with this helmet, and he's, he's filing a grievance, and allegedly he's getting in a screaming match threatening to, to hit general manager Mike Mayock, and then he's issuing an apology, and then five seconds later, he's off the team. I, I mean, d- does it surprise you that an NFL team would look at him and say, strictly talent-based, let's bring him in, knowing that there's, I mean... I, I, I guess for me, the hard thing is I'm always trying to look at morals and values, and I know that there's people that don't, but I'm looking at the situation saying, 
how it's like watching a girl cheat on all of your friends and then asking her out. And it's like, how did the Patriots not know that they're bringing a giant disease into their locker room? They know. You know what? And it's like for the, for the Patriots, it's a win-win situation. It really, in the really in the scope of things, in the scheme of things, cost them really nothing. As remember what Antonio Brown was making. He's making he's making pretty much peanuts now, as opposed to what, he, what his salary was going to be. He's one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL right now, and he and he got released. That should tell you something. Right, and the thing is, is you know, how long is this career of his? I mean. Uh, are we, are we seeing, I mean, this guy was con- considered one of the number one fantasy, pl- not even re- in, just in reality, number one fantasy player, number one fantasy wide receiver. People draft him so early in it. I mean, this is a guy who was highly touted in reality by Steelers fans, by fantasy football players all over the nation. I mean, this is a guy who was on cloud nine. I mean, this they, a couple seasons ago, he was the man. He was the thing. He was everything he was i hate the steelers but i'm going to draft antonio brown because he's going to win me a championship and now we look at this and it's just how quickly he's fallen have you seen or been around any other career that could literally be at the top of mount everest and then tumble down the mountain as fast as he is right now i've never seen nothing like this before but you know what I look at him. I look at his attitude. I look how he, you know, how he carries himself, and it doesn't surprise me. You know, and another another player like him, but not as bad. Who I, who I think's learning some is Odell Beckham. But Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. is younger. I hope and pray he's not like this, not like Antonio Brown, but he's headed down that same path. But oh well, it is what it is. You know, I'd rather have, I'd rather lose with players who are willing to go out there and give their all and be respectful than ever win with a diva. Absolutely. And, and Rob, the final piece here as, as we get set to round out the first hour, I'd uh, love to get your thoughts on, you and I have spoken positively about Lamar Jackson. We talk about, we talk about, you know, what, what's being said around the country and that you gotta, you gotta block out the, the positives and just go to work. You gotta block out the hype. And then you also have to block out if you're Lamar Jackson, it's gotta be the opposite. You gotta block out all the hate and the negativity and the rage and you know people that just think that you don't deserve to be it. What he does yesterday, you know, we talked about how he was going to be successful in the NFL. We look at what he did yesterday, and obviously he came up big for the Ravens. Granted, he was playing the Miami Dolphins, and this is a team that's struggling all over the place. But the man is the first player since Peyton Manning in the NFL in 2013, first player in six years to toss five or more touchdown passes in a season opener. And on top of all of that, I mean, the man has has gone to work, and his response to his, his 17 for 20, 324 passing yards and five passing touchdowns, his response to all of that was not bad for a running back. Thoughts on that? <laughs> but you, I had always talked about Lamar Jackson before. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. You know, and I'd always say he was going to do well, and he was going to do things that put himself in a position to be successful. You know, as as a as a quarterback, you know, in the NFL, people like they talked about his passing efficiency and things of that nature, and his accuracy. Accuracy, you know, those are things he can work on. What you can't judge someone is is you look at their heart. I never saw Lamar Jackson give up. I never saw Lamar Jackson not try and get better. You always saw him try and X and O and try and work to be a better athlete. And those right there are the things that are tell me. 
is going to make someone be a uh, be not just a good football player, but a good person. Have you heard or heard about him or read about him or seen anything about him getting in trouble in college or in the pros? No. That's just who he is. He's a good person. He's always going to get better, and he tries to learn the game and tries to understand the game. I can respect that. Someone like an Antonio Brown, I can't respect. Even Cam Newton, I try to give him a benefit of doubt. But what does he do? Goes out there and does things and get himself into trouble and you know not be a good person. It yeah. doesn't work well in the NFL. You don't you don't become marketable. These guys don't get it. Marketability is what makes you money in the NFL. Uh, makes you money uh, in pro sports. LeBron James became a billionaire once he understood how to manage his business with Nike, not with the NBA. With Nike, Nike made LeBron James a billionaire, not the NBA. That coming from Rob Drummond. Rob Drummond, as always, Syracuse CFL and NFL. Talking on Syracuse, Rob and I are going to be out at the Wildcat Sports Pub. We have a six-game series. There's six home games this season, which means you will see us at the Wildcat Sports Pub for all six of them. September 14th, September 21st, September 28th, October 18th, which is a Friday, November 2nd, and November 30th. We will be there before the Clemson game. The game is at 7.30. Rob and I will be at the Wildcat on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York on Saturday, September 14th, this Saturday at 5 p.m., almost three hours before kickoff, 5 p.m. Come out and see us, grab a drink, something to eat, those Wildcat wings, and then head off to the Carrier Dome or stay there and watch the game. Rob, what are you excited about knowing that we're going to be at the Wildcat up on the main stage doing our thing once again? I'm excited that the Eagles won. Because <laughs> I wasn't so happy in the first quarter. <laughs> I love how that's your response to us pre-gaming Syracuse. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I love my orange, but I'm, 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 you know, I'm upset that they lost. But I'm happy my Eagles won. Yeah. So Andre Fontenet wanted to say, what's up, drum? He wanted to make sure he said hello. <laughs> what's going on, Andre? <laughs> Oh, my God. So come out and see us this weekend. So as we're pre-gaming Syracuse, you can come give Rob a hug for his team winning week one. Congratulations on your Eagles, Rob. Oh, no. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, one, one game does not make a season. I understand I know, that. But, I know. you know, it's just, it's just always – I, I told people – I mean, I, I understand the game of football more so than people could ever imagine. And I understand what, what Carson Wentz, Wentz went through last year. It takes at least two years for somebody coming off a major knee, uh, knee injury, you know, to, to finally feel like themselves. Carson Wentz didn't feel himself last year. You know, this year he's, he's, he's more relaxed, he's more calm, he's had a year of his knee being strong. He realized, he realized this year that, you know, it's not going to happen again because he had to go through a year of realizing that it's not going to happen. It's psychological, and he'll be fine this year, plus the simple fact that he rejuvenated um, um, Deshaun Jackson. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, and I'm happy that Deshaun is back. And so this may be one of my favorite things ever. Hey, Rob, what do you think about that upcoming pregame we're going to do? I'm happy my Eagles won. <laughs> 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 I won't be in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> so that means, and he'll probably be wearing the Eagles beanie like he always does. So, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, Rob, get go go do your thing. Go continue to mold young minds in a positive way in our community, and I look forward to talking with you soon. All right, Dad. All right, take care. All right, bro. See you. That coming from Rob Drummond once again, man. I love that guy. So with that being, that's one of my brothers. <laughs>